This show contains explicit language and themes and is for entertainment only. We do not guarantee the accuracy of our content. This podcast is not for sensitive individuals, ideological or religious extremists, or little bitches. And if anyone still prophesies, their father and mother to whom they were born will say to them, You must die, because you have told lies in the Lord's name, and their own parents will stab the one who prophesies. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 3. May God have mercy on your soul. They got together and swore a pact to the devil. They said, we will serve you. Bunch of filthy sodomites and queers. I'm the one who has the guts to preach against them. On atheism, there's nothing wrong with drinking a dad's sperm. The Antichrist has come. They're in there like Sauron or Sauron and just, dark sorcerers, total power. No homos will ever be allowed on this church as long as I'm the pastor here. Never! Dinosaurs lived beside people about 6,000 years ago, and they were vegetarian to start with. When you really look at the evidence, the truth is it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe in God. Behold the atheist nightmare. They're just tools of the media to brainwash you. Let's get this part is done. That which can be asserted without evidence can be rejected without evidence. This is an issue of the separation of ignorant, scientifically illiterate people from the ranks of school teachers. My answer is I don't know, and your answer is something beyond comprehension. It should be irrelevant, but it isn't because it does infringe on people's liberties. Can you point to any positive scientific evidence in favor of creation? Then there are all the people who seem to have faith claims that are so elastic as to commit them to absolutely nothing. I mean, I'll tell you something. If I was told to sacrifice them to prove my devotion to God, if I was told to do what all monotheists are told to do, and admire the man who said, yes, I've got my kid to show my love of God, I'd say, no, fuck you. Welcome to the Unholy Generation Podcast. We are your hosts to third degree atheists. Oh, fuck, no. We're fifth degree atheists from the second <laughs> Illuminati Atheist One World Order. Yeah, See, that's what just, happens when we, we get promoted so, so quickly that I forget, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to lose track, you know? They're just throwing these promotions at us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm your host, Brother Mike. And I'm the other one. And today we have another <laughs> episode, another bonus episode. And this one was really, really fun to do the research on. Oh, yeah. We're doing an episode about Satan. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start out kind of like we did for the Revelation episode. And I'm going to go over, like, you know, where is Satan in the Bible exactly? And where do we get the modern conceptions of Satan? Like, all that fun shit. And then Michael is going to go over something related, uh, a little bit more comprehensive, but it's the problem of evil. And then he'll be going through a couple of responses that some apologists have tried to raise to the problem of evil. So, uh, you got anything before we get started, Michael? Um, well, I mean, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in two weeks now. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So, I've been doing my midterms and that actually went pretty well i ended up getting a 98.7 in my medieval philosophy class oh nice there you go (laughs) yeah and then uh, i was just writing a bunch of fucking essays which is why we didn't get to release anything Mm -hmm. last week yeah yeah i did one essay on uh the concept of charity in islam Mm -hmm. which was 
a terribly difficult essay to write because <laughs> I had to read the the Quran and the Hadith. Yeah, gross. And then the other one that I did was a three-page essay on a little wooden cat toy from ancient Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, and then I got one essay left, and it's the most interesting subject, I think. I'm writing about uh, Beowulf and the poetic Edda, mm-hmm. uh, comparing how Hrothgar is portrayed as a king to the way that Odin is portrayed as a king. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So, anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, working my new job, actually, and uh, kind of killing it. You know, like, uh, <laughs> sweet. this first month I'm guaranteed to have $3,000 worth of income. Oh, sweet. But if this was a month where I was doing straight commission, I would still have made $1,400 in the last two weeks. Mm, that's nice. Yeah, so I mean, I'm kind of killing this new job, so that's good. And it's fun. I'm enjoying it. Um, just kind of long hours, but I still get two days off a week, and I'm only working six-hour shifts. It's just... Oh. I'm in the mall and I'm trying to like stop yeah. people, you know, like, hey, come here, try this thing. Oh, are you one of those? Uh, are you one of those people with the kiosks in the middle? Uh, kind of. I'm with, so we do like supports. So we have a kiosk, and technically we're not supposed to like try to get people in, but we we just like stand in the booth and go, hey, we're doing free trials in our supports, and then people are mm-hmm. like, nah. Actually, I've gotten a couple of people who are like, fuck off. And it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> I had one guy who was, uh, I was like, hey, we're doing free trails at our supports. You want to check it out? And he was like, leave me the fuck alone. I was like, only if you buy my supports. <laughs> Did you actually say that? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, God. I would fucking hate to do sales. Uh, I've actually gotten, I'm good at it at this job. I'm, I'm doing really good. Uh, even though this is like a high ticket item and it's kind of expensive and people don't necessarily want to pay the amount. But, uh, oh my god, oh shit, okay, I have to tell you this story. Holy fuck, okay, so, (laughs) I work in the mall, but there are, like, brick and mortar stores, and my boss sent me out to them a couple of times, because the manager at the one near the mall is really, really good, like, she knows her shit, and, you know, he wanted me to to go over there, kind of learn from her, but also get the practice selling because people who walk into the store already have a problem and they're already willing to buy. So it's a lot easier to close them. Mm -hmm. So I was at the store one day (laughs) and, you know, I got called from the back. They're like, hey, someone's coming in. We want you to take this one. I was like, all right, that's cool. So I walk up to the front and this fucking couple comes in, right? And immediately it's a little bit weird because it's, a woman who's 60 with a guy who's not even out of his 30s. And mm. I was like, that's kind of a weird age gap, you know? Like, That's, huh. that's cool. I mean, you know, good for her. <laughs> well, okay, so I was sitting there trying to wonder, like, okay, so what's he getting out of this, you know? Like, like he wasn't, like, he didn't seem like a weird guy. I mean, he seemed reasonably attractive. Like, like if he wanted a younger girl, I don't think it would be that hard for him to, you know, go out to a bar and meet someone, you know? And so I'm sitting there and um, we're talking about like, okay, well, what are the problems you're having? And, you know, I I get the sense that he's not very bright because he's like, oh, I got plantar fasciitis. And, you know, (laughs) the lady next to him's like, well, he self-diagnosed that. And I was like, oh, okay. So, (laughs) I mean, it could be a number of things, but okay, we'll just pretend like that's the case. Uh, Because I checked his foot and he didn't have any of the 
things that people who do really do have plantar fasciitis usually have. So I'm like, yeah, it might be like a bone spur or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I do the normal routine. Okay, get up. Let me take a footprint. Let me look at where, you know, what your feet are doing. And so I can fit you and get you in the right supports. And then the fucking lady starts acting really weird. Like she's like, oh, we need one of those footprint things for the house. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, why would you want that? That's stupid. <laughs> But I just kind of rolled with it. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And so, you know, I, I finish asking the questions. I get the footprints. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get the, the supports. I'm going to get you fitted. So I go into the back, you know, and I'm, you know, doing my thing. I'm measuring it out. I'm finding the right supports. And then when I walk back, the lady's on the fucking floor, like, playing with his toes and sniffing his feet. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? It was so, like, I walked in there. I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, uh... So I got your supports. <laughs> oh god! And throughout the rest of my presentation, she made it abundantly clear that she has a hardcore foot fetish. That's like she couldn't even behave her fucking self. Like I was sitting there and I was like, I was like, you know, trying on the supports and making them walk around in them. She was like, Oh yeah, baby, I want you to wear those tonight. And I was like, What the fuck? You know what? You buy them. You can do whatever the fuck you want with them. I don't want to hear about it, though. Well, good for her. She's getting it. (laughs) Well, that was the other thing that was weird because I was like, okay, this must be like a sugar mama thing. You know, like she's got a big bank account. Maybe he likes being doted on. But she made him pay for his own shit. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't get this. I like, don't know. I don't. Maybe it's one of those. I don't see what he's getting out of this. It's one of those subdom things. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. But it was really fucking weird. And like I was sitting there just trying to be professional the best <laughs> I fucking could. But this lady would not behave herself. It was horrible. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, and then later on, I was talking to my boss. He was like, "Oh yeah, I was just at the store. You know what they were doing? They were sitting in the back watching the security camera of you trying to deal." with this lady laughing their asses <laughs> off <laughs> i was like you sons of bitches <laughs> oh that's awesome that's also why i'm glad that i'm not in sales <laughs> oh, god yeah, you know in all the years i've been doing sales that's the first mm-hmm. customer to ever make me feel uncomfortable during a sale <laughs> it's, like, god it's it's weird to make you feel uncomfortable like how does that even happen? I, I don't think I've ever been around you when you've been uncomfortable with something. I know. Like, that, that's that got to tell you something. Like, she was really trying, you know? <laughs> like, fucking hey. Well, that's very interesting. And that's why I am trying to delay my professional career as much as I can by applying for grad school. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. You ready to get into it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's... Uh, on that on note. On that note. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it let's talk about satan so first of all satan says that he was born in hawaii but he was actually born in kenya and he was the 44th president of the United States. But where is Satan in we Scripture? We need to see his real birth certificate. <laughs> uh, so where is Satan in Scripture, though? The concept of Satan very visibly evolves over the course of the entire Bible. Um, there's not really a lot there. I think there's a total of like 14 mentions of yeah, Satan. it's pretty sparse. In, in different... Uh, variations and stuff like that and we'll talk about some of those variations it's pretty strenuous 
So, as you probably already know, the name Satan means adversary and does not typically refer to the Satan that we think of as we think of him today. And Mm -hmm. we'll get to that after our Bible discussion. So, like so many things in the Bible, there are a lot of things that kind of, sort of, maybe, almost seem like they might be Satan. So, uh, (laughs) they've kind of been amalgamated into one giant character. And so... Some good examples of that are the serpent in the Garden of Eden, the Mm -hmm. dragon in Revelation, the Mm -hmm. tempter or devil in the wilderness that uh, Mm -hmm. tries to tempt Jesus into, you know, (laughs) making rocks into bread and jumping off of buildings and shit. Yeah. Now that one was actually, I think it was actually called the devil. Yeah. That was the first time the term devil appears in the Bible. Actually not the first, but... uh, Not the first? I thought it was. Yeah, it's just, it it becomes a lot more of a concrete concept by the time the New New Testament comes about. Mm -hmm. But I, I believe he's referred to as... The Satan, the adversary in the book of Job as well, which is probably is. the oldest yeah. of the Hebrew scriptures. Mm-hmm. So he's also called the God of this world and various other gods in the Bible, such as Baal and Beelzebub and Moloch are kind of transformed in the popular conscience into representing Satan. Mm-hmm. And then also various foreign kings. So the the whole thing about the gods in the other, in the Bible, the other gods that aren't Yahweh, uh, it needed to be explained away because, mm. you know, obviously there's only one God or three, right. one or three, I can't remember. Yeah, but uh, on how you look at it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the Bible seems to think that these gods are real and Yahweh is just, you know, better. Yeah. They were henotheistic, which means that there are multiple gods, but you only worship one or there's one above all and then they were also monolatristic which means that they only worship one mm-hmm. out of many and that it was that way for a large portion of the bible but modern christians don't really want to admit that no, so they, they claim that these gods were actually satan or a demon mm-hmm. and there's no basis for that except for that they will baselessly claim that they have to be satan or demons <laughs> even though the bible says that they're other gods because other gods don't exist. <laughs> flawless, yep. flawless logic. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. It's about as believable as when they say, like, you know, Satan was was burying, you know, dinosaur that. fossils and shit <laughs> like that. And like hiding yes, the I ark. Love <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but that's why you'll hear Satan referred to as Beelzebub mm-hmm. and Baal and Moloch. And they were all foreign gods in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So the funniest thing, I think, is is the passages that are referring to kings so they have absolutely no conceivable connection to satan but they have become in the popular conscience things that the kings did referring to things that satan did apparently Hmm. so i got these quotes from a very reliable website called (laughs) activechristianity.com i'm sure they're very even-handed and unbiased (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So this is just uh, the the introductory paragraph. Quote, Satan is a horrible creature. He is repulsive to look at. Horns, tail, pitchfork, etc. This is the picture of Satan that we are most familiar with. If we actually look into what the Bible says about him, we see that nothing could be further from the truth. Okay, good so far. Good so far, right? Uh Uh-huh, sure. In fact, this is a very dangerous misinterpretation wait what in ezekiel 28 12 through 19 we have a true picture of satan quote you were the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty dot 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 
You were the anointed cherub who covers. I establish you. Dot dot dot. <laughs> you were the perfect. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created. Dot dot dot. <laughs> My God. You didn't even finish a complete line in any of that. I know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so if, if you read the passage directly before, it is directly referring to the King of Tyre. Yeah, I remember we uh, we talked about exactly. this in one of the uh, one of the episodes with the twenty three minutes from hell. The author yeah, of that yeah, book yeah. misquoted this passage as well. <laughs> I, I wonder if he wrote this website. <laughs> so the the actual quote is: "Son of man, take up a lament concerning the King of Tyre." And say to him, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Followed by a poem that is actually 39 lines long, which they took three lines out of to make that <laughs> point. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Wow. Wow. You know, it, it, it really reminds me of like when I was a fucking young conservative <laughs> shitlord. Yeah. And I would try to write all these you know, super smart erudite essays. I would do that same quality of work when it comes to... <laughs> quotations it was like whatever i would write about thinking i was so fucking smart (laughs) (laughs) that's like 23 minutes of hell quality scholarship right there oh yeah you know mine i like to think mine was a lot better than that but you know (laughs) (laughs) well well i mean (laughs) that's that's what you were doing it's not really all that different (laughs) so like um, Okay, so there are all these words, and some of them prove me wrong, so we're going to skip over those. Oh, yeah. And just just kind of piece something together that makes me look right. Exactly. (laughs) So another one directly after that. Quote, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt the throne above the stars of God. I will sit uh, on the Mount of Congregation, dot, dot, dot. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. It's going to get really high. It's going to get the most so, high. So the thing about that, though, is that that part where it says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, mm-hmm. that's not there. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's how you have fallen from heaven, star of the morning, sun of the morning. Or son of the dawn, mm-hmm. and that was translated in the Latin Vulgate to be a name, Lucifer, which means light bearer, instead of mm-hmm. morning star. And that's how Lucifer became a name for Satan, by the way, because of a mistranslation in the Vulgate. Makes sense. Yeah. So, and also the passage directly above that one says, "Quote: On the day the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and turmoil, and from the harsh labor forced upon you." you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. Mm -hmm. So only a few of these can be considered to be referring to the same person, usually because the New Testament authors are referring directly back to the figure in the Old Testament as Satan, like retrospectively. Mm -hmm. The figure in the book of Job is referred to as Satan, but there is clearly no reference to him being a serpent or a beast or anything like that. He's simply an adversary kind of undefined who challenges god some of the uh like jewish scholarship i've heard about they basically say that the satan was actually an angel but like not like lucifer fallen from heaven kind of angel but he's was like an angel whose job was just a really shitty job you know like yeah he... his job was just to kind of you know challenge god and then be proven wrong but you know that was just his his job kind of like archangel michael or Raphael. Mm-hmm. he was you know shit taking satan yeah i mean that 
makes a lot of sense. But yeah, there's no indication in the book itself that he's uh, an angel or a demon or whatever. Yeah. Then uh, the serpent is never identified as Satan until the New Testament. It's Mm -hmm. just a talking snake that tells Adam and Eve the truth when God wants to lie to them. Mm -hmm. And the tempter and the dragon in Revelation are both referred to as Satan, but it's not even clear if these are meant to be the same person. But Ryan, I think it's like, you know, in movies where, you know, it's, it's like when you watch the second one, it explains what happened in the first one. You know, it's, it's like that. Sure. It, it, it wouldn't have been because the people who wrote the New Testament would have read the Old Testament and just made shit up. Ah, like, yeah, that's, nah. Nah. You know, that's, that's, that's how, that's, how, that's totally how prophecy works. <laughs> <laughs> Which we talked about that. <laughs> Yeah, so the whole uh, God of this world thing mm-hmm. is a quote from, I believe, the Gospels and also maybe Paul, but it might not even refer to an individual the way that it's used. Mm-hmm. It might actually be referring to the sin that's inherent in the world or even just to powerful rulers. Because like, you hear that all the time with the fucking Christian apologetics, mm-hmm. like, oh, Satan's in charge of this world and that's why it's so shitty. And Yep. Yeah, yep. and if you, you know, if you look bullshit. up biblical passages that refer to Satan, those passages that say God of this world will come up, but there's no indication that it's Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's become widely accepted that uh, these are all the same character, however, because of later works of Christian fan fiction, such as the works of the Church Fathers or mm-hmm. John Milton's Paradise Lost, which combines a lot of features that I mentioned into the protagonist of the story, which is Satan. And other influences on the modern conception of Satan are from Dante Alighieri's Divine Comedy, uh, the German legend of Faust, in which mm-hmm. the, the main character sells his soul to Satan through Mephistopheles, which is a demon mm-hmm. conjured by magic. And Mephistopheles is another name that you'll find for Satan because of that. Yeah, that's actually a really good book. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. That's solid. Yeah, there's a lot of different versions of it, too. I actually haven't mm-hmm. read. So in Paradise Lost, we get the story of Satan's epic rebellion and civil war in heaven against God, taking one third of the angels with him and being cast down to Tartarus. So wait, Ryan, was it kind of like when we did that episode with conversations from God about what we think it was like when that happened? That, it, yes, that's... <laughs> were, we, were we close? I think we nailed it, yeah. personally. <laughs> that, pretty much, yeah. It's the same concept, you know? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how mm-hmm, it played out. Mm-hmm. So in the Divine mm-hmm. Comedy, Satan is in the lowest pit of hell, um, and he is devouring the head of Judas, <laughs> Brutus, and Cassius, yeah. the greatest mm-hmm. traitors in the world, apparently. Um, and he is a giant, three-faced mm-hmm. demon monster with his lower torso encased in ice. Mm-hmm. So I remember the funny thing about that is that ironically enough, the three people being eaten by the Satan monster were like the three people the author liked the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so when trying to visualize Satan, he's uh, been generally imagined as kind of an amalgamation of all the different scary things from different religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so according to this article, the changing face of Satan, uh, 1502 today, on uh, fastcompany.com. In the medieval era, when artists wanted to depict Satan, they would take demons or evil figures from other religions, such as the feet of Pan and hmm. the horns from Persian religions and stuff like huh. that. And then Faust, as well as the mysterious stranger from Mark Twain, as well as the story of the temptation of Jesus, give Satan the popular conception as like a cunning swindler. Yeah, I gotcha. 
and uh, that's where we get the movie Devil's Advocate with <laughs> ah, with Al Pacino. <laughs> Al Pacino, yep. <laughs> I saw that movie. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. So um, much like with Revelation, all of these come together to form a comprehensive but baseless depiction of supreme evil. So that means that all of these qualities that were amalgamated from different characters tend to be forced retrospectively into each character individually. Basically, mm-hmm. the snake in the garden is no longer a snake in the garden. He's the sum of all evil, the adversary, the accuser, the fallen angel, the lord of hell, the prince of darkness, the 44th president of the United States, the goat <laughs> demon who steals souls, but he's just disguised as a snake. Yes, because that makes sense, you know, like, because, uh, no, I get it, because, you know, God was, like, watching the garden, and he was like, well, fuck, I'm ugly as shit, if I just hop up there, he's gonna see me, I gotta, I gotta have a disguise, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, he became a snake. <laughs> so, you see how that, uh, that bothers me, like, you know, I often try to think about these things from a literary perspective, and one of the things that you have to keep in mind is how these really, really old stories have evolved over time. And if we're mm-hmm. having, if we're taking our modern conceptions and forcing them into a story where they're not there. Mm-hmm. And so think about the damage that that does to actually being able to interpret these stories. Well, think about the damage it does to like society as a whole. Oh, well, yeah, that's a totally <laughs> different thing. I'm talking about art here, Michael. Oops, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because you know firebombing abortions clinics comes second to art Uh, yeah Mm. i mean those fucking people believe that uh that evil you know mephistopheles baphomet monster is controlling planned parenthood (laughs) uh, i love those people they're so crazy that 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 whole thing about barack obama like yeah how many times have you actually heard somebody seriously say that Barack Obama is a demon? Oh my god, people like believe it so much that there are preachers who will go on like their crazy nutter radio TV shows, whatever, and be like, yep, pretty sure he's the Antichrist. Like, I'm I'm mm-hmm. 90% sure it's him. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, come on. Yeah, it's also hilarious when it's not dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's about all I got for that. We'll probably come back to a couple of things but let's move on to your problem of evil hey listener dutch here from voice from the underground the podcast my co-host and i want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse at Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy shit happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the Underground. So, like you said, I'm doing Problem of Evil, but this Problem of Evil is is really dense because there's not really one unified apologetic to try to counter it, you know? 
because the mm-hmm. problem of evil is is pretty comprehensive in you know what it looks at so right off the bat i want to say that this is not a defeater argument typically in the discussion of god's existence most of the time it's used as a an argument pertaining to god's nature mm-hmm. and that's the way i use it i don't really use it as a defeater argument some atheists and anti-theists will try to use it that way but i don't think it's very strong and i'm going to explain why yeah, because it doesn't really preclude the idea of having an evil god. Yeah, that's that is part of it. Like there, like I'm gonna give you a basic rundown of like a sort of syllogistic form of how this argument can be presented, and I'm gonna show you why it's weak. But mm-hmm. that is kind of one of the problems with it. Okay. So most people know the problem of evil from the way Epicurus put it, and that's really the way I like I like to present it to a lot of people because I mean it kind of covers all your bases, you know. So for those of you who haven't heard it, it goes like this. Is God willing to prevent evil but not willing? Then he's not omnipotent. Is he able but not willing? Then he's malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Then from whence cometh evil? Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I see that last part echoed in a lot of what Matt Dillahunty says. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. If he's all that, then why call him god (laughs) exactly you know Um, but i mean yeah epicurus is pretty freaking comprehensive in this kind of analysis of well what what you know kind of how how is it working is it the fact that god is omnipotent and all-powerful and he's just a dick or (laughs) is he benevolent but he's just impotent you know Mm -hmm. like which Mm -hmm. one is it or if if it's neither then why the hell do we have evil in the world and if it's both then fuck him Yep. (laughs) So this argument has a few different aspects to it. So, you know, like I mentioned, there is a question of God's powers, his omnipotence, and also a question of his intentions. So the problem of evil typically arises in a discussion with a theist who is advocating for an all-loving, all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, benevolent God. So if this is the, the basis from which you're working from, some theists and anti-theists will present the problem of evil as in this sort of syllogistic form. Premise 1. If God exists, then he is omniscient, omnipotent, and perfectly good. Premise 2. If God were omniscient, omnipotent, and perfectly good, then the world would not contain evil. Premise 3. The world contains evil. Therefore, it is the case that God does not exist. Nice. Okay. So... Yeah. (laughs) So this isn't really all that strong of an argument, and there are two main problems with it. The two problems lie in the assumptions behind premise one and premise two. Mm -hmm. So let's look at premise one first. So just to refresh, premise one is that if God exists, then he is omniscient, omnipotent, and perfectly good. The main criticism to that is that if God exists, then that doesn't necessarily mean that he's perfectly good or benevolent. Like you were saying, Mm -hmm. there is a possibility of a malevolent God. So the two main examples that kind of illustrate my point here are... Or an apathetic God, like the the Demiurge. Yeah, I was going to say the deist view, or he's kind of the, um, you know, more radical... Uh, Saiten Bruggen Cage, Westboro <laughs> Baptist Church kind of God. Those are essentially yeah, yeah. the two possibilities outside of a benevolent God. Um, so like a deist God is just non-interventional because he doesn't really care what happens to the humans or the rest of the world. He's but... a libertarian God. <laughs> God. Um, so if it's the case that we're dealing with a non-interventional deist God, 
then that makes God pretty much irrelevant. And it doesn't matter what any holy book says, because if we violate any of the outdated and, you know, arbitrary rules about what people should eat or wear or what you should do with your genitals, then God isn't going to do anything about it because he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, if God is not completely benevolent and does have malice for certain groups of people, kind of like I was saying with the Cytenbergencade or the Westboro Baptist Church versions of God. I think we need to revisit Cyten. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's been it's pretty long. funny. It's been too long. But uh, for those of you who don't know, during one of his debates with Matt Dillahunty, actually the last one I think Matt Dillahunty agreed to do with him, and then he was like, fuck this guy, I'm not, I'm not debating <laughs> yeah. with him anymore. Cyten in a Q&A session, somebody asked him, like, Something along the lines of like, well, does God, you know, hate these people or does God hate gays or something? He's like, oh, yeah, no, God hates people. Like, God hates certain people. He doesn't God love hates everybody. like everyone yeah. <laughs> except for me. Except for me, yeah, <laughs> in my church. But, you know, everybody else, fuck them. Yeah, me and God are cool. But yeah. <laughs> you, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Is that a tan or natural? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Those, uh, those short shorts are a little too short, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, but yeah if this was the case then it would make sense that god will would allow evil to exist in the world in order to hurt and punish the people he didn't approve of Mm -hmm. now if this is the case then god is an asshole (laughs) he is a a dictator of the universe who is unworthy of worship and then it basically just becomes a question of whether or not to pay lip service and just kind of go through the motions as a as a theist, like can you trick a god in, in with fake belief? Yes. Or is it better to you know stand up to that douchebag and refuse to worship him? Now, personally, I think the best move would be to like try to use God's system against him. You know, <laughs> like you know, stand up and be like "fuck you, God," and then he sends you to hell. And the, the problem with the heaven hell balance is that. Almost everybody's in hell, you know, like, mm-hmm. like there's maybe a million people in heaven, right? Let's just assume over the years that a million people have made it into heaven. That would mean like trillions upon trillions of people are in hell. So why isn't the devil like organizing and like, you know, building an army, getting ready to fucking overtake heaven? Because wasn't that his whole thing at the beginning? He's like, no, I want to take over heaven. So, I mean, now he's got the manpower to do it, so, like, <laughs> fuck it, let's, yeah. let's do this. Well, I, I love the idea of tricking God, like, uh, when, when, <laughs> yeah. when really, really observant Jews have to do the Sabbath, like, no working on the Sabbath. Yeah. And so they set up all these, like, Rube Goldberg machines. Oh, I've seen those, <laughs> yeah, and they'll, like, do things, but they, they, so I remember I saw a documentary about it. And there's one of the engineers who makes these machines. He's like, oh, there's like a certain kind of like, there's a list of requirements. Like you have to be able to use it when sitting in a chair. Like you, mm-hmm. you have to lose, use less energy than it takes to like push a button. Cause that's not work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, and God. it is literally physically work, but anyway, it's um, yeah, I, I love the idea that they have to do that in order to trick god into thinking that they didn't do any work on the sabbath <laughs> see see i like thinking about like you know how the christians always like oh there's gonna be a judgment you know and then the throne's gonna descend and god's gonna like weigh your your heart or your spirit or whatever to try and to if determine it's lighter if than a, a feather person. yeah you know that's <laughs> <laughs> all the myths blend together at some point <laughs> but but like i like the idea that god's sitting up there on his throne and you know like i could go up to god and, and fucking 
<laughs> and he's like, did you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah, no, I did, totally, yeah, believed in Jesus. I ate the cracker, got the, the water baptized. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> God's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that checks out. You're free to go. <laughs> <laughs> like is he really that easily fooled all you got to do is like i believe in jesus he's like all right i'll take your word for it you know, you know i hope so I do. <laughs> right if he's if he's real i would like to think that he's very gullible. either gullible or compassionate <laughs> I, I tend towards gullible <laughs> because if the old testament is any <laughs> any indication <laughs> yeah. like that time where i think it was uh moses or noah i can't remember but yeah. he was uh god was about to kill him and his wife <laughs> the baby cut off, the, cut off the son's dick and rubbed it on his feet and god was like oh okay <laughs> i think it's it's kind of like um it's like in in the predator movie the old one with arnold schwarzenegger yeah, yeah, yeah. where like predators scan in for him and he like puts wet mud on his body and then it like it cancels out the infrared and then predator's like where did he go you know <laughs> it's like that god's ready to kill him he's like oh you son of a bitch and then he spreads the the baby penis blood on his feet and he's like wait why am i mad again i don't, I don't even remember like <laughs> oh god Oh, no. I love it. <laughs> See, this is why I like reading the Bible. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. Okay. So we're done with that. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's look at the second premise. No, because we just went through all that, I'm sure nobody remembers what the fuck the second premise was. So I'm going to reread it. Premise two, if God were omniscient, omnipotent, and perfectly good then the world would not contain evil. So one really common criticism to this is that if God exists and the devil exists, then that would mean God embodies the source of all good and the devil embodies the source of all evil. Now, if you're working with like kind of a theist or Christian or Islamic worldview, then basically the, the existence of the devil kind of lets God off the hook for being accountable for all the evil in the world because, you know, why would you blame God for what the devil did? Yeah, it's not his fault. So there's sort of another argument that follows along this same line of thought. And it basically says that, you know, for, for certain sects of Christianity that see the devil as more of a metaphorical figure, that the one to blame for evil is actually mankind because he gave us free will and we're fallen beings. So we actively decide to go against God's perfect word. And that's the source of all the evil in the world. So let's look at the second type of apologetic first, because it's probably the most common response you're going to get any time you bring up the problem of evil. I, I don't know why, but whenever I kind of throw this the problem of evil out there at an apologist, they tend to go towards like, oh, well, it's humanity's fault before they go to, well, it's the devil's fault. Mm -hmm. I don't really know why, but it's, it I, is a favorite. I, th I think I have an idea because in our modern society, the idea of de of the devil is actually really ridiculous in popular culture i guess it's been, so yeah. it's much it's much easier to like because you can empirically see that there are evil people in the world sure you know like donald trump <laughs> although they probably would disagree with that sentiment sure but yeah it's just easier easier to see that there are evil people you can blame rather than some you know goat person yeah i guess it's easier to sell the, the narrative mm -hmm. you know that way exactly like... and you know it, it's this concept of mystagogy they hide the bullshit until you've already bought in yeah exactly <laughs> and then they hit you with it <laughs> yeah which is why i was only catholic for like three months <laughs> <laughs> 
I remember that. Oh, I remember the confirmation too. The whole thing. Remember when we went to the church? That was when yeah, uh, Momoko yeah. still lived in the country. Yeah, that was that was fun. Have we told that story? Mm. I don't think we have. I don't think so. Okay, so when Ryan was getting his confirmation, at the time, one of our friends, her name was Tori. She was doing the um, uh, foreign exchange program. So there was a Japanese girl that came and lived with her, and her name was Momoko. And it was hilarious, because poor Momoko was so fucking gullible. Like, she was. Oh, my God. That's a terrible quality to have <laughs> if you're friends with Michael. It was awesome. he is such a fucking asshole. <laughs> so, so I remember I'd, I'd, like, I'd kind of mess with Momoko sometimes. And I remember that, like some of the things I told her was, um, oh, Momoko, you know how they make pugs here in America? They take little baby puppies and then they hit them in the face with a frying pan. And then they do it every day to make sure their face stays flat. Terrible. <laughs> she's like, oh no! You know, she was like freaking out. Uh, and it would just be little things like that. But when we were at Ryan's confirmation, it was a twofer session because they were doing the confirmations and the baptisms in, in one in one sitting. So we remember when we were going into the church, they gave us those little candles, you know, and they lit the candle for us, but as soon as they opened up the church doors, it was like almost a wind tunnel effect where it just fucking gusts of wind would blow through the church and out the doors. And it was really hard to keep your candle lit. And, you know, some of the candles would go out and shit and you were just supposed to, you know, go to your neighbor's candle and relight your own. And Momoko's candle went out a couple of times when we were just trying to get into the church and get to our seat. And, <laughs> you know, when Momoko's candle went out, she's like, oh, no, my candle went out. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, don't let anybody see quick light it you're gonna get in trouble <laughs> she was like oh shit <laughs> so she's trying to get her candle lit right so then we go into the service and we're sitting through all the boring ass readings and you know all the the singing and the hymns and oh god singing and, is generous yeah well okay yeah fair. <laughs> and then they get to the baptisms right so they don't have a fountain for this one this is the one where they bring them out they get a pitcher of water and dump it on their head and Momoko's watching this going on, and I guess she's never seen a baptism. Cause she's like, yeah, because her her dad was Shinto. Yeah, so I guess I guess this was a foreign thing to her. So she was Dope. like, "What are they doing?" And I was like, "Oh, Momoko, that's what happens if your candle went out. <laughs> that's how they punish you." <laughs> she was like, "No!" She thought they were gonna come get her and put her up there and throw water on her. Oh my god, you are fucking terrible. <laughs> But I want to commend you for not doing a <laughs> shitty Japanese accent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after that, that let's call Fubby episode. I mean, mm, yeah, I think we've done. There's all no the, going back. No, yeah, for I you, think we've we've crossed the line permanently. That's yep, just, and, and it, I will never get elected to high office <laughs> <laughs> ever. Oh. oh god. Anyway, you were saying <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> Okay, I found it again. <laughs> okay, so the second type of apologetic, the whole, you know, it's humanity's fault and, uh, you know, we're making a choice to violate God's rules and that's why evil exists. So here's a passage from an article written by Peter Kreeft. Uh, he's a well-known Ooh. Christian apologist. I remember I running into to, this guy I used to listen ago. to him a lot. <laughs> oh, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, no. Hey. Oh, right. You were different too. Why would you do that? Michael. <laughs> just, 
So uh, this article is about why atheists are wrong when they mm-hmm. bring up the problem of evil. So cool. yeah, this is going to be good. Yep. The unbeliever who asks that question is usually feeling resentment towards and rebellion against God, not just lacking evidence for his existence. C.S. Lewis recalls that as an atheist, he, quote, did not believe God existed. I was very angry with him for not existing, and I was also angry with him for having created the world. That sounds so fucking stupid. <laughs> when, you, when you talk to such a person, remember that it's more like talking to a divorcee rather than a skeptical scientist. What? The reason for unbelief is an unfaithful lover, not an inadequate hypothesis. The unbeliever's problem is not just a soft head, but a hard heart. And a good apologist knows how to let the heart lead the head as well as vice versa. So, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> fuck you, Peter Kreeft. Yeah, it's this kind of bullshit that makes my parents not talk to me anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking, oh god, Ugh. all of this is just so fucking stupid. Like, okay, if C.S. Lewis really did say something that fucking stupid, then he was never an atheist, he was just a theist who was pissed off at God. Mm-hmm. What kind of stupid no, shit no, is that? C- see, he was angry at him for not existing. <laughs> but he was also angry at him for creating the world. Yep. Because he existed. So he could do that kind of thing. <laughs> See how that doesn't make any fucking sense? You know, C.S. Lewis. There are That's... better authors out there, Christians. Come on. That is as stupid as saying, like, you know, I let's say I like go up to an apologist and I'm like, you know, I don't believe in leprechauns. And they're like, oh, come on. You're, you're just pissed off at leprechauns because they took all your lucky charms. Like, <laughs> what? No, I don't think they exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so stupid i hate that fucking argument i love it because it's hilarious (laughs) i just every time someone says something along those lines like brings up that argument i just want to slap him in the face like right there just like shut the fuck up (laughs) well i don't condone violence bullshit (laughs) (laughs) go on okay so here's more more from this guy you want you want to hear more ryan i've already heard it all well you're gonna hear more (laughs) so peter says Evil is not a thing or an entity or a being. No, evil is a wrong choice, or the damage done by a wrong choice. The origin of evil is not the creator, but the creature's freely choosing sin and selflessness. Take away all the sin and selflessness, and you will have heaven on earth. Even the remaining physical evils will no longer rankle and embitter us. Saints endure and even embrace suffering and death as lovers embrace heroic challenges but they do not embrace sin. Furthermore, the cause of physical evil is spiritual evil. (laughs) The cause of suffering is sin. After Genesis tells the story of the good God creating a good world, it next answers the obvious question, where did evil come from then? By the story of the fall of mankind. How are we to understand this? How can spiritual evil, which is sin, cause physical evil, which is suffering and death? God is the source of all life and joy. Therefore, oh my God, there's a, more? yes, there's a lot. How more. much more? A lot more. Uh, <laughs> Therefore, when the human soul rebels against God, it loses its life and joy. Now, a human being is body as well as soul. We are single creatures, not double. We're not every body and soul, as much as we are embodied soul or ensouled body. Because there's a distinction there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so the body must share the soul's inevitable punishment. 
a punishment as natural and unavoidable as broken bones from jumping off a cliff or a sick stomach from eating rotten food, rather than a punishment as artificial and external as a grade for a course or a slap on the hand for taking cookies from the cookie jar. Is it not logically contradictory to say an all-powerful and all-loving God tolerates so much evil when he could eradicate it? Why do bad things happen to bad people? The question makes three questionable assumptions. This is good. Mm -hmm. First, who's to say we're all good people? <laughs> the best people are the ones who are reluctant to call themselves good people. Sinners think they're saints, but saints know they're sinners. If they're saints, then they're, then still they're sinners, beatified, yeah. which means that they're not sinners anymore. You can't be a sinner in heaven. According to your own fucking theology, you Catholic person. <laughs> anyway. The best man who ever lived once said, no one is good but God alone. Okay. Second, who's to say suffering isn't all bad? Life without it would, pro would produce spoiled brats and tyrants, not joyful saints. All right. <laughs> Fuck off, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, fuck you. So then he quotes Rabbi Abraham Hischel, who says simply, The man who has not suffered, what can he possibly know anyway? Suffering can work for the greater good of wisdom, but it is not true that all things are good. But it is true that, quote, all things work together for the good for those who love God. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the third questionable assumption is, who's to say we have to know all of God's reasons? Whoever promised us all the answers? Animals can't understand much about us. Why should we be able to understand anything about God? The obvious point of the book of Job, the world's greatest exploration into the problem of evil, <laughs> is that we just don't know what God is up to. That's the greatest exploration? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into that. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that. Because that deserves, that deserves some talking about. So here are the problems I have with all of this. So first off, the Christian concept of sin and that human beings living life on their own terms is selfish towards God in some way. That's some bullshit. First of all, if, if all the things we did are so offensive towards God, why would he hardwire our brains with the need and desire to do those things? You know, like, if God doesn't want gay people fucking each other, why did he create the biological imperative for some people to be attracted to those of the same sex? If God didn't want us to eat pork, why would he make it so fucking delicious? And if God wants us all to believe in his existence, why did he make some of us more prone to having a skeptical mindset and then go to such great lengths to make sure his existence is hidden or unobtainable? He's shy. <laughs> no, I don't want them to see me. <laughs> He's bashful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, okay, so question, Michael. What? Does God wear clothes? I, I don't know. Does he have a body? Probably not. Who the fuck knows? Maybe he's he's not very well endowed. He's just embarrassed. Oh, that's what it is. That He's got a yeah. tiny penis. <laughs> that would explain a lot. Yeah, yes it would. <laughs> oh, God. So, basically, they want us to believe that God has knowingly stacked the deck against humanity... And then he's offended when we can't abide by the ridiculous rules he put in place, unless you believe in Jesus and take advantage of the loophole he created by sacrificing himself to himself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how is it that a person wanting to live and enjoy their life for themselves, rather than living their life for some god by following all of his ridiculous rules, is somehow selfish? Like, that is, mm -hmm. that, that's so stupid. Now, Christians are really fond of using the whole father-children analogy, so I'll set up my counter-apologetic the same way. Imagine there's a man who has a bunch of kids, 
And then he makes them live by a bunch of strict, oftentimes arbitrary, harmful, and unfair rules. All right, we, we talked about having my dad on the podcast. <laughs> We're not doing this again. Okay. Well, uh, so, sorry. Yeah. We'll, we'll call this um, Pat Robertson when he was younger, in his younger days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in the days of Mark Twain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's assume this man has a gay son who he gets angry with for having feelings of attraction towards the other boys at his all-boys school. And he has an intellectual daughter who he forbids from reading books or going to school. And he has another son who is interested in the occult. So the man orders his other two kids to stone this son to death because he's practicing black magic. Mm -hmm. And of course, no one in the house gets to eat shellfish or wear mixed fabrics. Years of this pass by, and finally the children who are still alive reach the age of 18... And want to move out, you know? They want to be on their own, move away from their father and all his ridiculous rules to have their own lives and make their own dreams and ambitions a reality. Now, when the man sees this, he gets very upset and calls his children rebellious and selfish. And as punishment, he locks them all away in the basement and tortures them continuously forever. Does that make any fucking sense? <laughs> like, who's the villain in this story? <laughs> well... <laughs> Clearly, it's the children. Clearly. Oh, oh, yeah. The children are to blame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Always blame the children. That's just a, a rule that I live by. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, when you bring up a point like this to, to Christians, they're just like, oh, well, it's different when God does it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, that's the big fucking response they come back with. Some of it's sometimes it's more articulate, but that's essentially the heart of it. Yeah, it's basically the sentiment of. I brought you into this world so I can take you out of it, but like magnified yeah. to infinity. Yeah, to like a ridiculous degree, mm -hmm. to a degree that if we were to apply it to our to human interaction relations, it would be like a monstrous thing to do to somebody. Like that would be the worst, scummiest piece of shit to ever yeah. walk the earth. You would be. Oh like, God, does it? It's okay. You'd probably be elected president. <laughs> Now, the other thing I object to is the idea that humanity is inherently evil and bad and, you know, this Christian concept that suffering unnecessarily is somehow, like, saintly or virtuous. Okay, first of all, if you don't like humanity, you can get the fuck out and be a part of some other species. We don't want you anyway. <laughs> yeah, obviously not all of humanity is bad, just all of Republicans. Well, okay, so on a more serious note, human beings are social animals. So we're hardwired to feel empathy and compassion, and the ones of us who run around causing unnecessary harm and suffering with no remorse are literally considered to be people with mental illnesses, mm -hmm. okay? I think that speaks volumes about humanity's inherent capacity for goodness. Now, second of all, just because people can't, can obtain wisdom and character from unnecessary suffering doesn't make it a positive thing, you know? Like, there are better ways to go about building wisdom and character and usually the positive ways of doing this make more fulfilled, more well-rounded people. With less mental illnesses. Yeah, like, that's the thing. When you have to suffer unnecessarily, you're going to live with trauma and loss as a result of that. That's not a good thing. Like, like this is as stupid as saying, like, well, because chicks totally dig scars, getting shot or stabbed is a net positive. <laughs> that's... <laughs> like, an interesting illustration. <laughs> That's essentially what they're saying. Yeah. Like, you know, if you hadn't gone through all that hardship, you wouldn't be the person you are today. Well, yeah, but, you know, I could That's have learned true. those my, lessons another way. <laughs> my therapy bill would be a lot less expensive. <laughs> a lot lower, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. 
Now, lastly, does he really want to bring up the story of Job when talking about how God isn't responsible for evil in the world? Well, Michael, I mean, he read the fucking story, right? Can, like, can you open the doors on the face of Leviathan? The fucker was torturing Job <laughs> over a bet with the devil. He totally was. <laughs> he was the source of all of the evil in that man's life. Mm-hmm. All of it was God. <laughs> I mean, the devil went in there like gave him boils or some shit, but God killed his fucking family. His family and all of his slaves and all of his livestock. Yeah, and, and destroyed all of his fucking crops and, and everything. He fucking made him bankrupt and like what the fuck how is that a great example of this that's an example of god being an asshole i like to think that as that story went on satan was like whoa hold on god like i <laughs> i was kidding like, <laughs> <laughs> like dude, I didn't, you seem I didn't to be enjoying this way that. too much <laughs> i didn't know you were gonna do that man that's that's fucked up let's <laughs> let's not do this anymore i i give i'm i'm, I'm, I'm out i'm out and that's the other thing. I remember I actually had an argument with a theist about this. And I remember they said, like, God never sinned or in, in the Bible or some shit. Yeah, because he defines the rules. Well, yeah, that too. You know, it, it's really easy to be the shiny example of morality when you get to define the rules of what morality is. Mm-hmm. But I was actually, I made a point to say, like, well, no, he lied in the Bible. He lied. Because, you know, he's he's putting Job through all this shit just to prove the Satan wrong. And then they get to the end of the story where, you know, Job's like, I don't even know what I did. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and then he finally is like, I'm questioning God. Like, why would you do this? And then he comes down. And in that moment, he has a choice. He can either say like, you know what, Job, I was testing you. You know, I, I wanted to see if you were going to curse me, but you stuck to your guns. And I got to say, I really appreciate your faith. And, you know, I'm going to reward you now. But what does he do? Who the fuck do you think you are? Shut the fuck up questioning me. Do you know who made the universe? See those stars? Who made the... This guy. This guy made the universe. And if you keep questioning me, I'm going to fuck you up. Which sounds a lot like Donald Trump. I just got to say. That that sounds like something he would do exactly. Well, I mean, it it seems like it's a lie of omission. Like in the the opportunity where he had a, a chance to tell Job the truth, he instead chose to wave around his big god dick and go like, oh, well, you're in no position to question me because I can do no wrong because I made all this mm-hmm. shit. So fuck you. Anyways, to summarize, if God does exist and humanity is the cause of evil in the world, it's because God has decided to define evil as humans violating his list of stupid rules after knowingly creating the human mind to be hardwired to violate these rules, which would make him responsible for evil in the world. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So finally, let's go ahead and talk about the problems with the other version of this apologetic, that the devil is the source of all evil in the world, and God shouldn't be held accountable for that because the devil's acting on his own accord. Well, first of all, I can tell you that it's not biblical because it actually does say in the Bible that God created all things good and evil. Mm-hmm. That one's in Psalms, isn't it? Uh, I believe so, yeah. But yeah, that's a pretty good segue into basically saying that if we follow the series of events... God creates Lucifer, and then Lucifer turns evil, and then he becomes the devil, who's the source of all evil. Mm-hmm. So, so God created the devil, and the devil is evil, so God created evil. It's how- not that fucking hard to follow. So how did they get out of that? <laughs> I don't know. They just sort of bullshit their way around it. That's the, I think that's the other reason 
that Christians don't really use this apologetic very often is because once you follow the series of events, you're kind of backed into a corner. You're like, oh, well, shit, you know, (laughs) he created Lucifer, Lucifer is the devil. And if you want to add to that, if he's all-knowing, he created Lucifer knowing what was going to happen ahead of time. Like, he knew Lucifer would eventually turn into the devil, but he created him anyway, and then did nothing to stop the series of events that followed that turned him into the devil. See, well, God (laughs) is playing the long game. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> okay he's, he, he's got he, he knows what he's doing michael yeah. i mean look his ways are higher than ours so yeah. i mean god works know, in mysterious, mysterious ways. ways god fucking i hate that argument <laughs> argument <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> i know it's a generous term but <laughs> uh but the other th- problem i find with this apologetic is that I find the overall existence of the devil and the concept of God giving humans free will, those two things existing, coexisting are problematic. Hmm. Like, we're supposed to accept that God gave us free will so that we could choose to either believe in him and love him or not. And then he created an evil that's capable of magic and is almost as all-knowing and as powerful as God himself. And then he makes this evil's being's main job is to use his considerable magic powers to get us humans to make the wrong choices. And if that's the case, how the fuck is that a fair test for humanity? Or is God just being a malicious dick? Yeah, it's like trying to pass an exam where all of uh, half of all the answers have already been filled out by the teacher wrong. Exactly. Like It's <laughs> setting up a system where essentially humans have to fight an unimaginably evil and powerful being... And, I mean, doing that makes God as much of an asshole as someone who throws a toddler into an arena with a 500-pound tiger and then expects the toddler to win, and when he loses, he punishes the toddler. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking ridiculous. Your your illustrations this this episode are on point, Michael. (laughs) Well, I got animated when I was putting together my notes. I could tell. I could tell. Yeah, this was a fun one. So, to summarize, this could be the case that God is just a malicious dick, but again, if that's the case, he's not all-loving, and he's certainly not worthy of worship, which kind of brings us back to our earlier discussion that we had at the beginning of my little rant. And, you know, in conclusion of everything, I'm just going to wrap it up here. This is basically why I don't think this is a very strong defeater argument against the existence of God, because, you know, it'll, it essentially it's better for causing a level of cognitive dissonance within a believer, and hopefully it'll get them evaluating the inconsistencies in their theology a little bit more closely and skeptically. But at the end of the day, you know, the theist is just going to have all kinds of room to tap dance around and bullshit with you about like, oh, well, no, but the devil, free will, sin, and fucking humans making bad choices so there's just there's too much wiggle room there for this to be a like a real solid you know drop the mic checkmate theist kind of argument yeah so that's actually the effect that it had on me like i when i was presented with the problem of evil in a you know coherent way when i was still a believer i it it really did phase me Mm-hmm. But I had to double down and pretend like it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> like, it actually I can't backpedal now. <laughs> it, it, it did have a big, uh, a big effect on me. So you know, uh, this, yeah. I think this one is definitely worth using. Yeah, I mean, it definitely brings up that dissonance, you know, because then you have to think about it and you have to somehow reconcile those two ideas. Like, well, 
God's this like really lovable, huggable teddy bear guy, and yet there are you know kids in Africa with butt cancer. Like, how does that work? <laughs> Anything else? Um, that's pretty much everything I got for this episode. But uh, let's move in. I actually have some listener questions for us oh, awesome. for this one, so we're gonna move into that. Alright, let's move into some listener questions here. Now, we have two questions this time around, and they both come from the Duluth Atheist. Our main supply of questions. Yeah, our main <laughs> our main questioner. Our main listener that actually engages with us. He's our inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> so his first question is, do you have any qualms about visiting the Northland in the wintertime? What? No. I like that. <laughs> So I've actually gone like pretty far north, like on to Michigan during the winter time, and I mean I like the northern areas. Like I've been to uh, Minnesota, uh, Michigan, uh, working on a trip up to New York at some point, probably Seattle too. But mm-hmm. like I like the area, but when it's in winter time, oh fuck, it's rough. You know all that. Yeah. The only place I've been to in the in the north in the winter is uh, in the American rainforest, which is Seattle, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the temperature is very moderate there. So it gets you know cold and it snows, but it's not terrible like it is over in like New York or Ohio or something like that. Yeah, like it gets really rough with the further north you go. Mm -hmm. And he's in he's in fucking um, Minnesota, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, oh man, that's a harsh winter right there. Yeah, sucks for you. (laughs) (laughs) So his second question is, if you were to pick a subcategory of an Abrahamic faith, like Lutheran or Baptist, which is your most and least favorite? I'd say my my most favorite is probably Sufism Hmm. with, from Islam, because they have whirling dervishes. (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever seen one of their ceremonies but it is fucking awesome (laughs) just a bunch of dudes with you know long ass beards in dresses just spinning around and chanting it's spectacular (laughs) it kind of looks like um what was that uh what was that old show that where they like did battle with tops oh um uh back bad gammon no that's that's a real game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking something it was like baku man or baku yeah I, I can't remember i just remember that they had uh toy- that was it they had toys at, at mcdonald's at one point um but yeah it was like that it was like a bunch of tops spinning around and like you could tell that one guy was like really really into it <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was just my you baku know, man's gonna beat the shit out of your baku man <laughs> yeah and he, he was just spinning around so intensely and he had his arms like uh tucked into his chest so he could go faster <laughs> and then there was there was another guy who was kind of like twirling around like he was stoned <laughs> it was awesome you need to go look it up it's called whirling dervishes <laughs> that's awesome uh do you have a best we can do worst later i think my favorite one is probably the russian orthodox one because the head of their church looks like a mix between the pope and a power ranger (laughs) (laughs) every time i see him i can't help but laugh 
He looks so ridiculous. I don't think I know what you're talking about, but that sounds awesome. Go look. Okay, so look up the uh, um, Russian Orthodox Pope or the Russian Orthodox religious leader. I don't know what they call him. There he is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He's on him. Yeah, that looks awesome. He, you know, he, he's much better dressed than our silly pope in the West. <laughs> yeah, the Catholic one. Yeah, I mean, he's he's blinged the fuck out. Look at all that. Look at all that gold. Yeah, yeah you're gonna have to remember to put this in the show notes, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. All right. So, what's what's your least favorite? Oh, okay, my least favorite. That's a tough one. There are a lot of least favorites. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty shitty ones out there. It's probably going to be an American one. Maybe, okay, it's it's close between, like, what is it, the Church of Christ and the Mormons? I was going to say the Christian scientists. Yeah, they're bad too, but the reason that I chose the Church of Christ and the Mormons is because of the amount of control that they exert over their um, the people's lives. Yeah, same with mm. Scientology and stuff like that, but the yeah. the Mormons and the Church of Christ are so much more focused on like personal conduct and appearance, and you mm-hmm. know, making sure that you know, uh, oh, yeah, like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, 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 yeah them too. Uh, making sure that women don't wear dresses that go above their ankles and shit like that. Yeah, see, I'm I'm gonna go with the Christian Scientists. Okay, I actually don't know much about them. They're the ones, they're the, they're the ones who created faith healing. Like they're the, the original OGs of faith healing. Okay. Like you have any ailment, just pray over it and it'll go away. If your faith is strong enough, otherwise, you know, you're fucked. Yeah. (laughs) So fuck them. Because a lot of people have died as a result of that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Including, um, james hetfield from metallica his mother oh my god that's yeah she was a christian scientist and this is the um, worst part about that he has all the resources in the world so he could afford like the best medical treatment money can buy mm-hmm. and what do they do yep. we'll fucking pray over it yep god. and that that's actually the genesis of the song the god that failed oh god that's fucking that's just ridiculous god fuck yeah that. so whirling dervishes are good <laughs> okay Mormons, Church of Christ, Jehovah's Witness, and science, uh, Christian scientists. Fuck you. Yeah. And uh, Power Ranger Pope is, is funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, everything else about the Russian Orthodox Church is bad. Oh, yeah. No, they're really bad. <laughs> like, they're in the running to be my favorite and my least favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oof. Jeez. Like, being really co-opted bad. by the Soviet state and all that. Oof. Yeah. They did some it's bad It's things. not a good situation. <laughs> oh. And don't ask them about the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> they are not fans. We'll put it that way. Yep. yep not a fan. Okay. <laughs> now, before we close out, I want to take a few minutes just to talk about this because I feel like if we don't talk about this, people are going to like send us angry Twitter messages or something. Oh, great. So we are recording this on the week of the the 20th so it's it's actually tuesday the 23rd today this is we're recording this on tuesday the 23rd now like we promised we're going to release a special episode on halloween however that episode is only for our patrons pa- uh, excuse me patron yeah okay <laughs> fair <laughs> enough <laughs> it's for our patron <laughs> so 
if you're not one of our patrons by that time next week there's not going to be an episode for you because it will only be released on patreon for our patrons so so ryan if you're one of our listeners and you're not a patron is there going to be an episode next week i don't know why you're being so condescending (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to make this as obvious as possible here it's not gonna work we're gonna get the messages god damn it (laughs) that's what i'm trying to prevent no you're not gonna prevent it and being condescending isn't gonna help now we're just gonna get messages about you being (laughs) condescending (laughs) okay you know what i'm doubling down i'd look stupid if i backpedal now (laughs) i'm going with the christians on this one okay (laughs) on that note are you ready to close out (laughs) yes okay Thanks for listening to the Unholy Generation Podcast with your hosts, Mike. And the other one. If you want to contact us, send us an email at unholypod at gmail.com. And we're now on Patreon, so don't forget to check us out there and become our patron for access to premium content such as special episodes coming out on Halloween and articles Mm -hmm. written by us. Special episode on Halloween, not for normal listeners. This is mine. Will you speak next? No, fuck you. And we are now excited to announce that we have been accepted into the famous original podcast network. Go check out our page on... Damn it, Ryan. Popnet. Popnet.biz. Damn it, Ryan. And support all our fellow podcasters in the network with us. Could you just say that once without laughing? No. I cannot. I... I... Anyway, your turn. Follow us on Twitter at Unholy Gens. Like us on Facebook at the Unholy Generation Podcast and follow us on SoundCloud. Go look us up on iTunes and Stitcher and get all our new episodes on your Android and Apple devices. Leave us a good rating and a review and share us on all your social media. Also, a reminder, we will be reading any good reviews left on iTunes as well as answering any listener questions from the Duluth Atheist (laughs) (laughs) on our Twitter, our Facebook page, or by email. And we are happy to announce that we have a Google Voice number set up for fans of the show to contact and leave us voicemails. So if you want to leave us a voicemail, give us a call at 210-580-4048. That number again is 210-580-4048. We haven't played any of those voicemails yet, so uh, get on that, people. (laughs) (laughs) We will listen to all the voicemails, and our favorite ones will get played on the show. Eventually. And as always, eventually. And as always, I hope you guys liked our original music. It was composed by me, Mike, with samplings from Amazing Waltz by Premier Lives and Face Fudge 2v2 150 by Avid Life. We would like to thank everyone who has helped promote the show by giving us shoutouts on their social media and leaving us ratings and reviews on iTunes. So, uh, also, don't forget to check out our guest appearance on Secular Soup. It came out last mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, it was fun. We really appreciate your efforts, and you guys are awesome. Today we want to mention the Duluth Atheist and the Voice from the Underground podcast for acknowledging our existence on Twitter and engaging with us. It's Satanic Illuminati Atheist One World Order Pantheon rain down blessings and delicious yum yums unto ye most excellent motherfuckers. In an effort to make our jobs easier, we would like to invite fans of the show to send in their own recordings of the Atheist Prayer and your favorite crazy religious quote from the Bible, Quran, or any crazy holy text from religious leaders. Our favorite ones will be used in the intro and outro for the show. Tune in to our next show, which will be... The Patreon episode. The Patreon episode, which you guys won't hear. So, <laughs> look forward to <laughs> the episode after that. <laughs> 
So the episode after that, we're we're gonna be doing a fun little cult I found oh, called no. the Church of Wells. Oh. It's gonna be amazing. But in the interim, if you want to be our patron, we're gonna be doing the haunted hotel visit next week on Halloween night. It's gonna be awesome. You should totally sign up to be our patron, pay us money, and listen to the episode. And then not cancel directly after. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I don't think our egos could take it. <laughs> and now, as always, we will leave you with the atheist's prayer. Brothers and sisters, pray with me. Dear me, who art on my couch, hallowed be no name. My nap will come, my will be done, only in things that affect me. I will go forth this day, eat my bread, and not be a dick to people, as I do not want people to be dicks to me. And I will lead myself not with bad reasoning, but equip my mind to combat evil, for that is my way and my desire and my goal for my short little life. Peace out, bitches. Amen. I'll say that I was on Anthony Magna Bosco. I don't know who that is. Uh, he actually hosted the new show on the com- Atheist Community of Austin. Ah. Uh, but yeah, he's a, a pretty popular YouTuber. He's friends with Seth and tom and cecil and uh Arn raw and matt delahunty oh shit um but yeah this is the third time i've been on his show he's the guy who does the street epistemology he kind of uh he took the idea from peter bogosian hmm. and popularized it huh. and gave it a youtube format i think i might know the guy you're talking about so what should got you on his show um so the the reason i was on his show first mm-hmm. was he was doing his uh, filming on campus, you know, talking to students about what they believe and why they believe it. Oh, and that's how he stopped you. Yeah, so I was on his show for like 15 minutes just regularly. And then after I uh, deconverted, I sent him a Facebook message saying, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm not a Christian anymore. I thought you would find that interesting. And he wanted to know more information. So he asked if I would come on and do a little interview with him. And that interview was actually kind of awkward because I was standing alone in frame the whole time. Um, (laughs) And then uh, recently, like two weeks ago or so, he contacted me again uh, saying that he wanted to do another follow-up interview. And this one ended up being about an hour or so. Um, And we had bar stools, so that was better. (laughs) But yeah, um, that should be coming out this week sometime i will cool. post it on our twitter once it comes up it was like if we tried to combine all the porn genres you know like there's there's a guy and he's <laughs> he's a plumber right and he he gets a call so he goes to the house and who answers the door it's his stepsister <laughs> so he goes in he starts working on the pipes and then all of a sudden she's like hey you want to smoke some pot but guess what he's an undercover cop and now she's about to do some hard time <laughs> jesus oh yes i would actually watch that like all the way through <laughs> Just to see how it ends. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Yeah, and then right in the middle, uh, <laughs> there's the stepmother. The stepmother comes in and joins. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh god! Oh god! Okay.
Oh, Are you ready now? And then all of a sudden, they just remembered they have an appointment with the pool boy to come and clean the pool. <laughs> the pool boy is into BDSM, of course. Because <laughs> you know he walks through the back to the to the backyard to clean the pool, and he sees what's going on. He's like, "Oh, it's a good thing I brought my zipper mask." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would totally watch that thing all the way through. <laughs> There, there would definitely be a lot going on. I will say that, like, mm-hmm. like there's plenty there to hold your interest through the whole thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it would probably like, be like, like two and a half hours. It'd be like a full yeah, feature length. Exactly, like it'd be a full movie. But that thing, you'd be like, dude, I already finished, but mm-hmm. I gotta see what happens next. <laughs> there's so much happening right now. And then it ends like a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody dies. Oh, I don't want to see a porn where people die. <laughs> But like, just like randomly, you know, where they like, they like all have heart attacks or something, you know? Okay. So on to the subject. (laughs) Now that we actually have done half the time of recording has been banter. (laughs) Okay. You ready? Yep.